Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 93 of the Zus Show. Reporting live from Los Angeles, the city of dreams, we out here. I know I just released another episode, but it's only right to release this episode in a good style. You know, NBA Finals start on Wednesday, which is tomorrow. I'm extremely excited about that, and I know Trey is going to have some great insight today as well, too. But to rehash you guys on an episode from a few days ago, actually, from I think about two, three days ago, episode 92 of the season show, your boy returned since August the 28th from recording episode 91 of the season show. And on episode 92 from this past Saturday, Sir Caesars, myself, and Trade XXIV, my co-host, we essentially discussed Breonna Taylor's shooting, the verdict would happen with that. Billy Donovan becoming the Chicago Bulls' uh, new coach, reflecting on the Clippers' loss. You know I love Kawhi Leonard, so that shit hurt me so bad. Um, How Giannis should approach free agency, and of course, the Eastern Conference and Western Conference preview. Um, So now we have the finals that are set, and uh, we're just going to go ahead and get straight into today's topic. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for my boy, for my co-host, for that mother right there. Trey Day, XX, Ivy, what to do, baby, we out here. What's up, everybody? It's your co-host, Trey Day, all day. Welcome to another amazing episode of the season show. You already know, uh, the pre-finals edition, man. Uh, a lot of, not a lot of stuff to get into. Really quick, uh, kind of touching a few points, but definitely get y'all ready for the for the finals to come. That should be very soon after y'all view this or listen to this, however you choose to consume it, man. So glad to be back with y'all. What's good, sir? Caesars. Let's get into it, man. Yes, sir. Let's, yeah, let's let's get into it for sure. So this, this may be the fastest turnaround that we had with, like, an episode to an episode, I would have to say, because we recorded this Friday, released Saturday, now mm-hmm. it's Tuesday. So yeah. I love that as well too. But like That's I said, I want to make this, I want to make this real quick. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, get get straight into it. So the first thing I want to talk about, obviously, the main thing is the the finals uh, matchup that we've all been dreaming for, right? Um, so. I wanted to, you know, just touch on um, Delonte West. Uh, mm-hmm. So Delonte West, obviously, if you guys don't know, um, he's a former NBA player, um, you know, and he played for, you know, a good amount of seasons, and he's most notorious, uh, most notoriously linked to the Cavs and also the Mavericks as well, too. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, he played, I want to say he played um, – four, seven, eight, nine seasons in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So his first stint was with Boston. Then he went to Cleveland. Then he went to uh, Dallas. And he had one season in uh, Seattle. So he has a career average of 9.7 points, 3.6 assists, 2.9 rebounds, shooting over 80% from the free throw line, 37% from three, 45% from the field. Not too bad at all. So we've touched on this, I believe, before in the past. But um, it just seems like he's he's going through it. So... Um, apparently Delonte West agreed to meet Mark Cuban at a Texas gas station, um, and is now currently at a local hotel. Uh, so basically West family had desperately been, um, trying to get him to go to rehab and he's becoming open towards it. So Cuban offered him, uh, to cover all expenses, um, as well too. So I believe right now he is in a good space. I think he, I want to say that he, uh, um, eventually, uh, went to a rehab facility um let me see right here 
Yeah. So, like, yeah, the last update was a Delonte West update. As people close to the ex-NBA players go through very difficult personal struggle, continue to offer help. Sources say Mavs owner Mark Cuban reunited West with his mother in Dallas on Monday, and now West has checked in a rehab facility in Florida as well, too. So nice. um, I think this is a good thing because at the end of the day, we – as a society, as human beings in general, I think we always are quick to jump to conclusions um, and judge people just based off of, you know, what we hear from the outside noise as well, too. And I really think mental health is a huge thing as well, too. So I'm happy that the NBA seems like a pretty big family. Um, I feel like no owner in the NBA besides Mark Cuban would go out of their way to reach out to a former player who, you know, is kind of down right now. So I appreciate that as well, too. And um, it's kind of just that epic of, you know, you can't really judge someone um, until you walk in their, until you walk in their shoes as well, too. So um, I think mental health is a huge thing that we're going to have to continue to attack, not only as individuals, but as a society. And at the end of the day, you also have to put yourself in positions to be around, you know, like-minded individuals. So um, prayers up to him. Hopefully he can recover. Hopefully he can get, uh, you know, the right help that he deserves. Um, and that's pretty much about it. Do you have anything you want to add to that? Uh, no, just that uh, addiction in any form is a real thing. Uh, too much of something uh, is for, for anything is, is, uh, can, can be a tough battle. Um, we live in a world where it's hyper-consumption for everything. So, I mean, anybody can find themselves down a path that they didn't really understand or want to go down. So uh, just, uh, you know, to, to the friends and families of people that are going through that or may, uh, you know, may have somebody that are going through that, just, um, you know, bear with people, always be on the lookout. Uh, that's a long process. So the main, the main thing is that we don't want to see anybody get to that process. But, um, you know, it's just, just a daily monitoring uh, of self, uh, of the loved ones around you. So so just keep keep those people in your prayers, your friends, your families, and also people that are, uh, you know, going through stuff like that. So shout out to Delonte West, shout out to Mark Cuban, all parties involved. Um, and, and when you say NBA is bigger than basketball, NBA cares and stuff like that, um, this is kind of the stuff that we're getting at, as well as, you know, going out into communities that are uh, underserved as it goes. So um, hopefully this is a success story in the start and the making, you know. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you as well, too. So um, another thing I want to bring up as well, too, like I said, this is a very, very quick podcast, very short podcast. <laughs> it's crazy how, you know, we we kind of spent some time reminiscing on uh, what could have been with the Bucks, what could have been with the Clippers. And mm-hmm, news, mm-hmm. I guess news just travels fast. So there were some notifications that went off yesterday. And obviously the one and only Woj bomb. bomb dropped. And, <laughs> Doc Rivers, um, in in the ownership, the Clippers ownership, uh, Steve Ballmer, they decided to they decided to part ways. Um, so for those of you guys who don't know, Doc Rivers is one probably isn't gonna go down as one of the best coaches um, in the NBA. He's he played in the NBA at first, and then he eventually became a coach in the 1999-2000 season um, mm-hmm. at the age of 38. So kind of like in, in Brad Stevens' yeah. situation, very young. Um, now he's 58, so he's been coaching for damn near 20 years. Wow. Uh, so he coached in Orlando. Um, he coached in Boston. Um, and he coached with the Clippers as well, too. Um, he coached over, I, if I want to, if, 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 if the numbers look right, 
1,624 games. And out of those games, he had a record of 943 wins and two and uh, 688, 681, I'm sorry, losses. So 943 wins, 681 losses, had a winning record of 58% as well, too. Um, so obviously with Doc Rivers, um, he's notorious for uh, coaching the big three and Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen um, and also Paul Pearson. If you want to add Razor and Rondo, you can go ahead and do it. But I'm going to say big three. Um, in 2002, 2007-2008 uh, season, this is when the Boston Celtics were first assembled. And it's very rare when you assemble talent like that and then win the very first year. So they won the 2007-8 series. Um, and they were able to go back to the finals, I believe, in uh, 2009 and 2010 because they were the Eastern Conference uh, champions and lost to uh, no other than the late uh, man of discipline, god of discipline, Kobe Bryant. Um, so after that, I mean, you know, they went into, some, they went into a couple roadblocks. Obviously, that's when the big three are formed uh, with the Miami Heat. And, uh, you know, they just couldn't get over that hurdle because LeBron and LeBron reached his prime and, and Wade and uh, Bosch and Eric Sposter and Pat Riley were just able to uh, help him get to where he needed to be as an organization, as a winner and all that good stuff. And then obviously the trade of all trades happened. Um, Chris Paul tried to, you know, get his way all over all the way over to Lakers. They vetoed mm-hmm. that trade. And then um, he was part of the package deal with Chris Paul to get to the Clippers. And right when he got to the Clippers, his first year, Lob City was on notice. The Clippers were on notice. And yeah. uh, first year, 157 games. Um, relatively, I mean, each year, honestly, he was won. a successful squad. Yeah, successful squad as well, too. Um, Clipper, the Clippers always kind of seem like the what people say nowadays the the stepsisters mm-hmm. or the stepbrothers or whatever to the Lakers. Obviously, Lakers are always going to be the most popular organization, but they kind of made a name for themselves. But it was just a shame because it was a combination of a couple things. One, um, you can add that it was injuries. You know, what I'm saying a lot of these years that they were favorites to win it all or at least get to the conference finals. It always seemed like Chris Paul was hurt or always seemed like Blake Griffin was hurt. They couldn't really play together. And then when they did play together, things didn't really work out. So they never as a unit got to the conference finals. Yeah. And then when you fast forward into this season, when Kawhi Leonard comes off a championship run, um, he signs with the Clippers. And then a few moments later, we find out that, you know, uh, Paul George gets uh, acquired as well too. So, on paper and through numerous outlets, through numerous analysts, numerous talk shows, whatever you want to call it, everyone had the Clippers as the prohibitive favorite. Obviously, the season got cut short, so um, they were only able to play, uh, I think, about 72 games, and uh, they were able to get the two seed to be 49-23. In the first round, obviously, went up against the the high-octane offense of Luka Donich and mm-hmm. the Mavericks, ended up winning six games. Second round, up 3-1 against the Nuggets, and uh, they just found a way to not, you know. Get them out of there. Not, not, not get them out of there. So yeah. um, That's crazy. My question to you is, is this shocking for you at all, or could you kind of see this coming? I saw it coming. I thought it was going to come a little bit quicker, um, but there was, like, rumors and rumblings that they were going to try to keep it together, give it one more shot, which would have been like, you know, essentially the definite nail in the coffin if it had happened again next year. But I think, you know, just after, you know, some unfortunate three ones uh, given up um, and and, and uh, just his, his stint with the 
with the team being uh, as many years as it had been. I think they just wanted to go in a new direction. They had the players, kind of the new players, just kind of the uh, same coaching, just to kind of see what would happen. Um, you know, there are rumors now that Trez is going to go and different things like that because they did have some of their, you know, bench players. I don't know, yeah, Trez is a bench player. He's six men of the year. So they did have some of their bench players that, Probably we're definitely going to maybe look for a little bit more money or look for a different home after the season. And with the rumblings that it's not the same camaraderie in the team with uh, beef with PG. Um, and, you know, just, just it wasn't meshing well. I think it was a good junction for them to go kind of see like, hey, let's find some different leadership. Let's see what, what happens. Let's uh, give maybe Doc a new start somewhere if he wants to get a new start somewhere. And let's as an organization go a separate way. So I'm really just surprised it didn't come sooner. Yeah, like you said, um, just to add to what you said, like you would think after all these opportunities of trying to meet that mountaintop, meet or reach, I'm sorry, reach that mountaintop, yeah. you think you would get it done, especially this year, at least get to the conference finals and show that you can compete with the Los Angeles Lakers and we'll never know. Um, but you can kind yeah, of see the right. writing on the, on the wall because like we said, he never got past the second round. Always gotten hurdles as well, too. Um, so he's a great coach. I think he's going to find a way to stay coaching in some shape or form. Now, if he's going to coach immediately, I really don't know. Um, I don't see it happening. Him, I would probably take a little hiatus. And then once I see that team that looks like they're about to take that next step or, you know, there's a team that has stars already intact, then I'm going to tack on it um, as well, too, because right now they're kind of linking him to the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily take that route. Like I said, I'll probably take hiatus. I mean, would you, if you're Doc Rivers and you got offered the job as a head coach, knowing that you have Joel Embiid, knowing that you have um, Ben Simmons as your as your pieces to move forward with, and they're young relatively, are you are you taking that leap of faith? Man, uh that's a, that's a tough one to ask me because I've I've never been in the emotional roller coaster that is coaching and being at that level of coaching where you know year after year after year which he has his titles too but you come off a year like this where not saying you were almost guaranteed a title but you were you were definitely um, almost seemed like you were promised more than than actually happened um, and that has to be draining in a lot of ways and I know coaches go through a whole lot and coaches notice as part of their job but. I don't know, it must be tough. And maybe as a coach, you just say, hey, um, all I'm looking for is the next opportunity. So whether it be with this team or the next team, I can build with. And if I'm going to say that, then the Philly is a hell of a team to do that with. Definitely with the pieces you have and where you could take the team from here in, a, in the East that's reemerging. But you can see gritty teams like the Heat that can win. Uh, you also have a reemerging ball. Uh, Boston has has been a perennial power, but they just haven't really gotten to, you know, where we think they should get yet. Also, um, you have Brooklyn that'll that'll come out next year at some point in the year, you know, on all cylinders once everybody gets healthy there. Um, but but still not the same as the Wild Wild West. So maybe if I'm if I'm in that mindset, I do take that position. Uh, for me, just looking at it, it just looks a little bit tiresome at the moment and. I don't know if I would go to Philly and just say, hey, let's do this right now after they kind of just came off the same kind of feeling. So it, it, it just it's too much of the same a little bit as far as that. But maybe you, you take the mindset of, hey, throw throw it all out. This is a new day. Let's figure something out. Um, and, and, and in that mindset, looking at it half full, yes, I go to go to a team. Definitely if it's a team like Philly, if you look at it half empty, let me 
take a second back, get my thoughts together. Uh, a position will come up eventually because I'm Doc Rivers, and I'm, I'm sure I'll get a coaching job again. So, Yeah, I would have to agree with you as well, too. So it's just it's a little odd um, that a lot of the coaches that are having to get fired this year were all African-American, <laughs> man. Uh, Nate McMillan, uh, David Fitzdale. We got Doc Rivers, and obviously we had um, – well, the Knicks was a given. Yeah, Knicks was a given. But it's like, why would you sign them for all those years knowing that you guys don't have any superstar caliber players? You're literally building from the draft and going to play in a sign free agents. And you, you basically treat them, like, treat them like a lab rat. You know what I'm saying? And now it's bad business. Now it's nothing. It, it, that just sucks. Uh, so, yeah, business. Doc Rivers. Um, oh, yeah. So, Doc Rivers, Fitzdale, McMillan, and then also New Orleans Pelicans coach as well, too. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because, like, Doc Rivers is one of the most prominent uh, as far as like verbal uh, figures for the Black Lives Matter movement with everything going yeah. on in the bubble as well, too. He's one of the coaches that actually was able to speak up um, as well, too. So it's just crazy how things unfolded. But at the end of the day, like I said, he had 20 years, winning record, uh, multiple finals appearances, a um, couple of conference finals appearances. But at the end of the day, um, we're on that era of what have you done for me lately? And uh, he wasn't able to get it done. But at the same time, like I said, if he gets another opportunity, there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to um, excel in whatever he does as well, too. So shout out to Doc. Uh, I didn't want you to leave soon, but at the end of the day, maybe there needs to be a new voice in the locker room. Um, and I'm sure that Steve Ballmer um, met with Paul George and met with uh, Kawhi Leonard. Cool. They probably gave his input, but at the end of the day, I just feel like Steve Ballmer was like, yo, enough is enough. Let's move in a new direction. So there's been rumors that um, we're either going to – see Ty Lue, who's the assistant, get the job, or we're going to see, um, I think his name is Jeff Van Gunning, one of the analysts that's alongside Mark Jackson. If you had to choose between the two, who would you choose? Uh, Got to go with Ty. Uh, Jeff Van Gunning seems super knowledgeable, but we've seen Ty Lue do, uh, do very good stuff with teams. Uh, only question mark would be, um, I mean, again, granted it was a depleted team, but that just that year, post-LeBron, and everything, uh, but we've seen that multiple times with multiple coaches. Where I mean, it just it's not the same after LeBron leaves. So, um, you know, who knows? Or even when LeBron gets there, so who knows? Could could it be more of a LeBron effect? But he did. He was in the mix uh, for those for that those Cleveland championship runs. Uh, so I would say Ty Lue. It would be very interesting to see Jeff Van Gundy get the job. I think. Um, it will probably come down like the management, you know, he has been an analyst. He probably knows basketball very well. Um, his, co- uh, his brother, uh, coaching the league, but, um, maybe he puts the right people around him and, um, he just gets it done kind of coming from that, uh, Steve Kerr kind of, kind of realm in a way. So we, we've seen success in that route as before. Um, I think the more plausible thing would be Tyloo, but I, I, I would understand him shaking it up. It's the LA Clippers. You're trying to, um, Separate yourself from the pack. Um, eventually, you're going to have a new home, I think. It's not L.A., correct? They're, they're moving. Yeah, so mm-hmm. um, so maybe this is the start of that era. So we'll see. And it's kind of crazy because, like, I don't want to take anything away from Ty Lue. At the end of the day, he had to mark out the X's and O's. Obviously, you're at a huge advantage if you do have LeBron, but sometimes it's kind of hard to separate LeBron from success um, and coaching as well, too. So mm-hmm. I, think he, I think he's been around – you know, those group of players for such a long time that he's going to demand um, nothing but excellence from them. So I think he would be that good route. But I would be interested to see another analyst 
who actually watches the game from the outside and kind of uh, be another voice um, in the locker room as well, too. So I wouldn't be mad right. either, either way because, I mean, you do have Kawhi and PG at least for one more year. So it's going to be interesting to see what moves they're going to make, who's going to be the coach, what they decide to, you know, just do moving forward as well, too. So um, we should continue to monitor that and see, uh, you know, what's going to come about that. But I would probably have to agree with you and go with Ty Lue just because he's the most recent coach who has a success and he's a player's coach as well, too. I'm not sure if Van Gunny played in the NBA. So I would go with Ty Lue. Yeah, I don't think so. But last topic of the day. This is so yes, weird saying this so early. Last topic yeah. of the day. Yeah, last topic. The NBA Finals are about yes, to take place tomorrow, a.k.a. Wednesday, October the 30th, which is my boy Wade's birthday. Happy Hey, birthday. shout out Wade. My guy, shout out Wade Wheat. Love you, bro. I'm going to call you a little later on the day, so we're going to definitely chat up for a little bit. But tomorrow at 6 o'clock uh, Pacific time, yeah. 6 o'clock Eastern time, oh, thank we're going to have the – Dominant duo of the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm talking Anthony Davis. I'm talking LeBron James uh, led team going up against no other than Jimmy Butler, Pat Riley, Coach Spo, that supporting cast, dog among dogs, underdogs going at it. So it's pretty exciting to see everything unfold because on the East, you have a team that we did not think would get there. I mean, we had our dark forces, we had our selections, but we didn't really think they would get that far. Um, granted, because we had a, you know, we had the star power in the Celtics, you know what I'm saying? We also had the trust of process with the 76ers. We also had Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's coming off of a duo uh, back-to-back MVP um, award and also a defensive player of the year award as well too so they kind of went under the radar but you know if you looked at the body language you looked at the consistency you looked at all the interviews we saw uh from jimmy butler on down they just always had confidence they just always had confidence that they can get it done and on the west obviously i think this is going to be lebron's 10th fucking finals appearance ridiculous Um, you have a hybrid who's like a kg mixed with Tim Duncan and Anthony Davis. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be very, very interesting to see what we got here. So first game sets off tomorrow, and I think it's going to be a hell of a series now. How many games is it going to go? I don't really know. Mm-hmm. It kind of really just depends. It can either go six or seven, or it can kind of be like that Nuggets Lakers series where it's very competitive every single game, but yeah. the better team is be out as well too. So it could be mm-hmm. lopsided as well. Um, I mean, if you look at the coaching standpoint, Side by side. I mean, Frank Vogel's first finals appearance. Eric Spoelstra has been the four finals. Um, mm-hmm. You look at the depth, you can give the Heat the advantage. Um, they seem like they're the most consistent with their depth. Um, when those five are out, the other five step in. They're most consistent compared to the Lakers. Um, you look at management, GM, Pat Riley, or, the, you know, Rob Palenka. You're going to go with Pat Riley. But <laughs> there's just a huge-ass outlier and you already know is that star <laughs> LeBron John. It's going to be interesting LeBron. to see because when you think about it, um, I mean, LeBron's been dominant the whole series. And uh, there's been all, there's also been other players who have been pretty dominant as well, too. But I would probably have to say uh, keys to the Heat success. Can you actually continue to play zone? 
can you yeah. get Jimmy Butler to actually play at an even higher level? Because now in the playoffs, he's only been averaging 20 points. And what are they going to do with Bam Adebayo? Because I feel like with Bam Adebayo, he's kind of like in that Jokic uh, stratosphere in the sense of things are going to get run through him, right? Now, yeah. there's multiple bias that go towards him. So, you know, you got AD, you got Dwight Howard, you got LeBron James, and you got JaVale McGee. Is he going to not stay? Is he going to stay out of foul trouble? You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and, and, and how is that going to, how is that going to last? I guess one of the benefits of being the Miami Heat is they kind of do it by committee. So there's really it's no person to really key on. So anybody can get their bucket any given day. So I'm excited about that. But um, it's going to be interesting as well, too, because you already know the formula beat zone. I feel like Anthony Davis is that guy who lives yeah. and dies by the mid range, to be honest with you. He kind of plays a little outside in a little bit as well, too. So I think he's going to eat inside there. I think he's going to definitely kill you on the boards as well, too. So um, what are your thoughts on everything? What do you think the keys are for the Heat and then flat fat and then flipping it over to the Lakers? What do you think the keys are for the Lakers to be successful? I think the keys for the Lakers are probably going to be um, some some shooting, some shots, uh, and down the stretch in the in that kind of scenario. It's going to be um, perimeter defense off the screen, the high screens uh, for the shooters, and that kind of communication for the shooters, which you have. You do have two forwards that can go out and guard shooters. Um, and one of the one of the hotter shooters being the uh being Tyler Tyler Hero, who is a little bit novice, but has been playing like a like a seasoned vet as far as the numbers he's putting up. So I think if they can rattle him, that'll be a a, a good blow to the offensive weapons of the Heat. Um I think the defense is already there for the Lakers, definitely inside. Um just a hybrid style of play for the Heat though is gonna come back and be be uh one of their uh, one of the, one of their weapons, definitely from a on the fly kind of standpoint, for, with the adjustments and everything that goes on, uh, and with the defensive this defensive adjustments. But they, I feel like they're going to be on their heels a little bit more than they want to be with that inside presence and the fact that LeBron James can do that Magic Johnson, uh, be the four, be the five on the court and play the point guard role. So um, it's going to be a hell of a series. Um, of coaching from Spolstra. We already know he's gotten his praise as being one of the best coaches in the league, definitely the past few weeks. But here comes like one of the biggest challenges being LeBron, somebody that um, has the highest IQ we've probably ever seen in the game, um, playing at the position where he can affect the game at all times. Uh, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy's the X factor at at all times, you know. Again, the the, the, uh, saying that Yo, he doesn't do anything particularly well, but do wins games. They win games. They win games. Um, we saw Bam. They uh, Bam had a bad game against the Celtics a few ago, uh, and maybe it'll be a Bam AD kind of matchup or a Bam LeBron. I don't know. Uh, but not saying a Bam gonna cancel LeBron or AD out in a way, but I think it'll be a pretty good matchup because he is a damn good defender uh, as well as. If one of them can lock down Bam, it's going to be another blow to the Heat. So the Heat really just have to keep up. They have to keep up. They have to, you know, be on the fly. And they got to keep playing like, you know, they don't give – really, they got to keep playing like they don't give – and, you know, they deserve to be there just as much as anybody else wants to be there. Um, I feel like that 
even the confinement of the bubble has helped them keep the distractions away and and kudos to them for keeping all the distractions away all season long you know putting themselves in a place as that so uh that's that's my take on it that's my kind of side by sides uh jimmy talahiro bam on one side as well as uh you know those other players drogics um and, and everybody down the line uh we saw iggy you know getting this stuff off in the last game against against the celtics so interesting it's interestingly enough um they do it by committee uh and the lakers you know well-oiled machine uh gonna kill you inside uh once they get going it's hard it's hard to beat them uh but the perimeter uh defense um not coming from their two all-stars is gonna be kind of tough so we're gonna see what happens yeah, and what I've noticed is even throughout the entirety of the season is the Lakers kind of struggled defending um, guards because mm-hmm. they had to basically pick up Dane full court. They basically double hard in the whole time to put the ball out of his hands as well, too. Um, so now it's like you can't really afford to do that because the Heat kind of have bona fide snipers. They have specialists yeah. now. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they start to guard everyone. Um, I'm gonna. I'm interested to see who's gonna try to neutralize um, Goran Dragic, uh, whether it be like like you know them by committee, and then obviously if it's the fourth quarter, they they keen on him. But it's looking like Tyler Hero is gonna be also on the floor as well too. So is Tyler Hero gonna be able to sustain this level of excellence? I mean, I know he's a rookie, but we're kind of putting a lot of expectations on him. I think he has what it takes. Um, I think he has that dog mentality. He has the ultimate uh, leader behind him, team behind him to get the job done as well, too. So it's going to be very interesting to see if they can slow down that backcourt of Dragic and um, also um, Tyler Hero as well, too. And then and the a, and a last that, thought. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry to cut you off, bro. Um, yeah, but uh, maybe, maybe uh, this Heat team might be at a disadvantage or maybe we'll find out. They, The Lakers have always – the last series, at least, they've played shooters that kind of know how to kind of at least penetrate, get to the rim a little bit. Uh, we're going to see if Tyler Hero and, you know, Drogic can get to the rim with, with those uh, skyscrapers that are the Lakers. So if they're going to take it in and be weak about it, you know, or they're going to, you know, just send them in and say, hey, if you guys send them in, we'll take the two points or we'll take, you know, the consistent layup and see what happens. That's going to be big if they can penetrate. And even those guys finding uh, playmaking potential in other guys, because if, if a shooter drives, how many more shooters do you have on the floor at, at certain times? So sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. I was thinking about that too, because like looking back at it, Boston played small, like they had mm-hmm. Tice as a big mm-hmm. cancer. They had to mm-hmm. use zone just to, you know, disguise Cantor's defense. Um, so it's going to be interesting, like you said, when you get by your defender and you're basically at the rack. Who, I mean, are you going to are you going to be confident or are you going to give up those shots? Um, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that as well, too. Do you um, do you start? Do you continue to start Dwight just to add that physicality um, towards the Bam out of bio? Because we Jokic is tough. Don't get me wrong, but. Man, I'm a real nigga, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, <laughs> are you, are you going to go with JaVel McGee or are you going to go with um, Dwight Howard or are you going to kind of take that uh, blueprint, what you have with Houston, where you have AD kind of start the five um, mm-hmm. and kind of make it small, or I kind of, or I guess it really kind of just depends on how successful Miami is in the first early games. Um, I might start Dwight. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to even JaVel McGee getting some rip, but uh, and Jokic was a damn more skilled 
I think I mean you guys have said he's a he's a more skilled big man than 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 Bam, uh, because of the size and because of you know just just the him him being at the level he's at. I would no no take away from Bam, but just him being at the level he's at. So um, I I would have a little bit more faith in Jabel because Jabel was getting burnt by by Jokic, um, and and I would put that lineup on the floor solely because um, you know let's see how they deal with height. You know, and but on the flip side of it, if I was going to be safe, I would put Dwight out there because Dwight's a smarter defender, um, you know, less foul trouble. I can kind of leave him out there a little bit longer with, if per se, a, a more perimeter minded, a more sniper minded team in, uh, you know, in, in the Miami's lineup that they could put out there. So I would go like that. I mean, then like your money lineup, it, if you can benefit off it, I just don't, I wouldn't show it super early if I didn't know that we're not going to get all our money's worth of it uh, with 80 at the five, because that could just be an adjustment where it's like, all right, cool, let's get our points, let's get our points, let's get our points. You could come out with it firing, see how it goes. Um, it's, it's, it's X's and O's, man. We all have, they all have these lineups, you know, I can't say what lineup is better right now, only because I have to see what the other teams are going to put out. But I think the surefire, um, some surefire ones would be AD out there at the five or even Dwight at the five because he's such a good defender. Yeah, and AD just has – he can do it all, so you can always put him yeah. at the four as well too. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's multiple – you can argue that there's multiple bodies for LeBron. So you have Jay mm-hmm. Crowder, you have Jimmy Butler, you have Andre Iguodala, who's the finals MVP, who got the finals MVP for guarding LeBron James. And then you also <laughs> have um, – what's the guy that was in the dunk contest? What's his name? You know, uh, yes, yes. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Anyways, he's long and lengthy as well, too. So, you got a couple of good amount of bodies for LeBron, um, as well, too. Do you think with the the team defense that they play and then the individual uh wing players that they have, do you think that they can, in a way, make it tough on Bron? Um, and then you just have AD go off or vice versa? Um, if they go into a uh, into a into a man kind of thing, they had a lot of success with the zone. But when when they when you say you're going zone, um, probably because the communication might be better than that. But it also tells me that your team might play zone a little bit better. You're not going to beat LeBron with his zone. He's always going to make the right pass. You know, he's always going to make the right pass. So when you do pull it out there, LeBron again has the IQ to dump it off to people that are going to be open as long as they're doing the right thing. Uh, so as many buys as they have to throw at him, um, I'm not sure if that's the deciding factor in it all. Uh, it's, it's good that they do have their bodies, their bodies but uh, with, with his ability just to make the right play, with AD playing and tandem beside him, uh, even with their depleted lineup, they do have some shooters around him that can get the job done. And, you know, playoff Rondo, who played very well in his last series, can make the decisions and, and get them the ball where they need to get the ball to. So, um as many defenders as you have, it's never really been that first guy that LeBron's worried about is that second. It's the help defense. And when you have help that's coming off of uh, Dwight Howard's playing out of his mind, or AD that's playing ridiculous because he's AD, and then maybe a shooter that is butt naked wide open, you know, because you have to you have to cover the other three guys. Uh, it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough get for anybody to stand in front of the best player in the league right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Well, too, if you're Coach Spo, um, do you play? Do you start off playing zone like how you did the, the previous other season? I mean, uh, series, or uh, do you kind of switch it up a little bit? 
Uh, I'll start off playing zone. I mean, they're going to kill us on the inside. Uh, I'd rather see them kill us with the shooting. I don't think this two is going to be consistent enough to, to kill us the whole game because we exactly. have shooting as well. Exactly. They, they The Lakers had glimpses of what they can be, but for the most part, what holds truth, what holds constant is their inability to consistently knock down jump shots. So mm-hmm. um, it is going to be interesting because my boy Danny Green, for some reason, always plays well in the finals. So I wouldn't be surprised if he has a good stretch, but we are in the bubble now. So it's going to be yeah. interesting to see. Do you see Danny Green having a consistency? Because we know he's going to bring on the defensive end. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Is he going to be able to knock down shots or is he going to be that liability when they actually play zone and kind of, you know, keep them open in the corner? Um, I mean, shooters are going to shoot. So one series where he could be off, this could be a series that he hits on. So I think he'll hit a couple shots this series that will not, will be like, okay, Danny's a little bit back at least, you know, he can help us out. Yeah. So um, if the Heat were to win the championship, um, who wins finals MVP for you? If the Heat win the championship, uh, Jimmy Butler, just off of sheer uh, what he brings to the team. He makes his uh, teammates better. Um, a lot of that would happen, couldn't really happen without Jimmy Butler being there. So, I mean, as long as he has solid numbers, I'd have to give it to Jimmy Butler unless um, unless a BAM comes out and just, you know, does double-doubles every night or Tyler Hero shoots the ball and scores 25 to 20 points each game somehow, some way. But I think it's going to be Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Um, I at first thought Jimmy Butler, but from what Bam's been doing, I think, I think in order to, in order for Miami Heat to win, because you kind of, like you kind of know what you get out of everyone. I think Bam has to just raise his game to another level because he not only has to be that guy that kind of um, has that jokish ability where he facilitates for everyone. He also has a guard. Anthony Davis, and he also has to put up points as well, too, um, and, and, win the, and win the rebounding game. So I think it would be Bam if they happen to win, um, and they're going to lean on him hard. But, I mean, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if it is Jimmy Butler. You know, he's been waiting for this moment as well, too. Um, now, what does this mean, do you think, for, for, for the Heat if they win a championship? Do you think this is something they definitely build on? Do you think they um, try to still get better and acquire new town, or do you think they're – they're right on pace to, you know, do what they've been doing. Uh, I think they can always get better and acquire new talent. When when we make the argument of, yo, we can, uh, you know, we can sit right here. We can, uh, you know, let's keep the band together. That's when, you know, you feel like it's only there for a flash of time. And, you know, you can't recreate that. But we've seen time and time again with Coach Spolster and that organization, Pat Riley, uh, going on down the line, that they can recreate, um, you know, the grit, the grind, and and the uh, success with different personnel. So I think you go out and search for personnel that could make you better and keep it going. Um, you know, no disrespect to this team because this is a great team. But if you can put pieces in there that will clearly and notably make you better, and you know, you just coach through the adjustments, you have to do that as a Heat, as the Heat. Yeah, because they're 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 one of the best examples of that. Them Spurs, you know, teams that kind of just do it do it the right way per se. Um, teams that we like to do it through coaching and the draft and such and such, you know. So, uh, yeah, and, and 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 the developmental teams. So, I think you can, if you have the chance, go get you a big brand name player again, or go get you some pieces that are gonna be like, yo, this is a tough team to beat again, and keep it going. Okay, cool. Um, so my next question for you, moving over to the West Coast, uh, 
knowing that the Heat are at a disadvantage with size, um, who do you, if the Lakers win um, the finals, uh, the championship, who do you have winning finals MVP? AD, but I could see it going to LeBron James after the comments, after the storylines, after him being pissed off, and he's probably going to play like a madman per usual. But I could see AD getting the MVP because of, you know, what he does in the series. But LeBron bringing the X factors and also going to be putting up his numbers is going to be a hard case. It's going to be a really hard case. Yeah, I got LeBron too. Um, He's been waiting for this moment. Um, I think this is probably going to be – Besides the 3-1 series and then the year that Kyrie got traded and he carried the Cavs to the championship again um, and won in multiple round sevens, put up that monstrous game one, um, I think he just wants it. So um, if you had to choose between the two, uh, who do you have winning in how many games? Uh, I got the Heat. No, I'm sorry. I'm tripping. I got the Heat winning two games. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm looking up. I I got the Heat winning two games and the Lakers taking it the rest of the way. So that's what, six games, right? So Lakers and six? Yep, yep, yep. I I want to say six. I really, really want to say six, but I'm going to have to go with the Lakers in five. Um, Mm. I mean, they they played one of the best offenses in, um, you know, Portland. They played two superstars with Houston, and then um, they went up against the young and up-and-coming Nuggets. So I think all that's going to help them get there. And like I said, with LeBron James, he's just uh, been through so much. So I got the Lakers winning in five. And then um, that's that. The last thing I want to ask you, there's only one person that we can compare LeBron to always is going to be Michael Jordan. So last question Mm -hmm. for you before we end this, if LeBron wins – the finals MVP, um, knowing his whole reservoir, um, do you think he kind of closes that gap between MJ? Um, I think the gap is so wide between MJ. Um, one, because we've never seen them play side by side, of course. And then two, uh, because of the, the fandom that MJ does have. And because, you know, we're not comparing a player that has played in the past to a player that has played in the past. So it's always then uh, the nostalgia, uh, who MBA is, MJ is, he is Superman to the league in a way. Um, so I think that gap's a lot closer than we think it is. Um, if not uh, totally different than what the narrative preaches that it is, with LeBron being maybe a better player than MJ, that's not the argument for right now. But with, with this series, of course it does. Of course it does. Of course it does. It has to. Um, but I think we we see it in real time. Um, I'm not sure, if, you know, everybody wants their flowers while they're here. No way. Definitely, I'll, I'll say that in relation to plane, metaphorically to plane. Um, everybody wants their flowers while they're here. Um, but with, with everything that, you know, we see from LeBron, with all the storylines, with how the media is, I'm not sure we're going to really see that. So as real basketball heads, we have to just give it up where, where we can give it up. I'm not sure if anybody's really holding LeBron in MJ's league, you know, not saying that anybody's really holding MJ in this league with his competitiveness, with the things he can do with the basketball. But I think if you put MJ and LeBron in in, in this league, uh, you know, from the time LeBron came in, I think LeBron still might be able to edge him out in a lot of categories and a lot of play and stuff like that. And that's not said lightly. That's not said lightly. That could be a whole different episode. (laughs) So that's just my opinion on that. Yeah. Um, I kind of agree with you as well. And like, 
as I've just gotten older and, you know, just been seeing all this stuff, it's just like, mm-hmm. who are we to compare, um, you know, one generation to another? I think we just, at the end of the day, have to, we're always going to have our favorite players that we lean towards, but we just have to appreciate um, different eras and different yeah. different stars and different eras as well, too. So um, okay. that's always going to be a topic of debate uh, regardless. But at the end of the day, if you like LeBron more, you like LeBron more. If you like MJ more, you like MJ more. If you like apples, like oranges, more, you over, like under. Apples and oranges, bro. So yeah. there's really no way to have a scare unless we die and go to heaven. We ask God, he like LeBron James or whatever. But other than that, you know, I'm just going to enjoy the moment because we don't know how long he's going to be this great for. Um, so I'm just yeah, 35, as well bro. Too. Uh, any, any last words you want to say for the pot? Oh, man. Uh, no, nah, enjoy the uh, – Enjoy the series, y'all. Um, hope y'all enjoyed this quick episode. Uh, vote, 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 vote. Register to vote. And then keep up a few, a week or so left, or a couple of days left, however that goes. But do it urgently. Um, stick together. Um, guard your, yourself, guard your mental health, as well as you uh, continue to look out and guard others, man. That's what it is. You already know episode. This is the Caesar show. This is the Caesar show. Check us out, yes, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 93 of the Caesar I show. Agree. I was with my boy, Trader XXIV. Obviously, it's your boy, Sir Caesars. Follow the Caesars show on all major platforms. T-H-E-S-E-E-Z-U-S-S-H-O-W. Available on all major platforms. Hope you enjoyed this one. We out. Peace.